Hello, hello. Welcome to Feels Like Flow. I'm Brianna Cullen, and this show is designed to help you be more creative, productive, and fulfilled in your work life. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome back. We are here mid-August, and my birthday's in a couple of days. We're getting close to back to school, and this time of year always feels like the other new year to me. It gives me that industrious feeling of wanting to look at my goals again and think about what I want the next season to feel like. So as I'm getting my kids ready to go back to school and I'm thinking about the holidays and the shift in the seasons, it's really making me think about how I want to be spending my time and what I want to do before the year is up. I'm curious if you have those same feelings here as we're moving into September. And For this episode, I wanted to talk about awareness practices. Last week, I talked about some of the inner obstacles that come up when we try to go after our goals. And I talked about one specific category of inner obstacles, to be more specific, which is emotional blocks or trauma, old feelings and beliefs that we haven't processed or understood, and how that process of feeling into them and learning from them and releasing them is so key to freeing ourselves to being able to move forward to a life that we really, really want to live. And at the end of that episode, I mentioned briefly that there are a ton of practices that can help with this. And There are certainly a bunch that have helped me over the years, and so I thought it would be a great idea to give you a sampling of some of those practices, some of my favorites. And I, again, I would call these awareness practices. And as I was getting ready to record this episode, I started thinking, I think that awareness practices are really one of my secret or not so secret tricks for getting unstuck and continuously being able to move toward what I want. Not that I don't ever get stuck. Of course I do. And I hit resistance just like everybody, but I don't tend to stay there for very long. And I think that's because I always have some kind of awareness practice in my life that I use to really figure out like what's going on, what's getting in the way, and then find ways to move forward. So I think an awareness practice needs to do a few things. For me, one of the first benefits is that it calms me, grounds me, balances my nervous system, creates a sense of safety and spaciousness so that I have access to a much broader perspective and a more flexible and agile way of thinking and seeing things. And it brings open-mindedness and that is what helps pave the way for change and expansion and growth. And so as we talk about these practices, I'll try to expand on some of the strengths of each of them. And there are so many more than what I'm going to list out today. And that's really one of my core messages in this is that there are so many options of awareness practices to choose from. And because of that, there's no need to force yourself to do something that just isn't working for you. You know, there's that saying that when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. 
which is essentially getting at that once someone's discovered a tool that works for them, they think that's the only tool and they think that everyone else should use that tool too. And so it may be that everyone around you is saying, you know, you should really meditate. Meditating would solve all your problems. And yet it just hasn't really done much for you. Or maybe you find that it is really destabilizing and it has the opposite effect on you. And of course, you can try a practice that doesn't do much the first couple of times and you can be curious about it and you can ask, do I have resistance to this for some reason? Can I try a different way? Can I come back to it at a different time? But after you bring some curiosity to it and it's still not working, there's no need to force a fit. So meditating is on this list, but so are many other things. And I will say from the start that one of the most impactful practices for me over the years has been journaling. And as I got going thinking about that, I realized that I have way too much to say to include that in this episode. I'm going to save journaling for an episode of its own. And in that, I'll go into some very specific ways that I journal in order to get the most out of it. But with journaling aside, I'm going to go through some practices that have been extremely supportive for me over the last, I would say, 15 years. And I will also list these out in the show notes so that you don't have to take your own notes. And one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot when people recommend various practices is that different practices are better for different types of awareness. So consider that there is mental awareness, there's emotional awareness, physical, energetic, spiritual, and depending on you and your tendencies and what you need in a given phase or moment in your life, you might want to choose a practice accordingly. And I think that really the best practices combine more than one of these levels. And that's why meditation is great for some and less so for others. To me, the standard meditation where you are watching your thoughts, watching your breath, the way it's taught is often operating at the mental level. And another thing to say out of the gate is that these practices are intended to help us tap into our own wisdom and voice and awareness and highest self and to expand our sense of equanimity and what's possible. They are not intended to strengthen tendencies that are not serving us. So again, I keep picking on meditation, but I think so many people push meditation and if you feel like you've tried it and when you meditate you find yourself planning your day or ruminating and you rarely feel a sense of expansion or grounding or ease it may be that one of the other practices that engages your mind lightly so that rumination is less likely would be better for you so let's get into meditation since i'm picking on it i have gotten so much value from meditation over the years. One of my favorite types of meditation is a guided meditation. And again, this can help if you are someone with a very busy mind who tends to be planning or trying to figure something out or ruminating while you're meditating and 10 or 15 minutes goes by and you don't feel any more rested than you did when you were starting because your mind is so busy. You know, meditation was obviously developed centuries and centuries ago and it may have been that 
there was less mental clutter, less distraction, less frenetic brainwaves at that time, and that it was easier to sink into a meditative state that actually felt restorative and grounding and was a place for our mind to rest. Today, I think that's very hard to access for a lot of people in just a silent meditation. And so I think a guided meditation can be a really excellent way in. One of my favorite meditation teachers is Tara Brock, and she puts out a weekly podcast episode and also a weekly guided meditation. And so for many years, I turned to those guided meditations as my regular meditation practice. You can also find guided meditation through Headspace, through the Insight Timer, and there are so many options out there now. One of my favorites through Headspace has you visualize your body slowly filling up with sunlight. And for someone who lives in the Pacific Northwest and misses out on sunlight through a lot of the year, that has been one of my favorite ways to start the day in those winter months is to imagine sunlight is filling my body and clarifying and clearing and warming as it goes. So I think that meditation is one where you have to try different things before you land on what's going to work for you. I think it's absolutely invaluable to try meditating in a group setting. I had the great fortune of living in LA for many years and attending classes at the Insight Meditation Society in Santa Monica led by Trudy Goodman and the experience of meditating there in a group was so much more powerful than anything that I could access just on my own in my apartment. You really get a strong sense of the energy and the peace and I definitely recommend trying a group if you haven't before. Related to meditation for me are yoga and kundalini yoga. Again, both really wonderful awareness practices that also engage your body and your breath. And so sometimes where meditation, just pure silent meditation can feel a little flat or a little stiff or can just lend your mind to wandering, yoga can be much more of a movement practice. It can help if you are feeling restless, but still access a meditative state. Kundalini yoga is really one of my favorite things. I was able to attend classes close to my house, again in LA for many years. And in Kundalini, you're often combining certain types of breath practice and breath control with postural movements, with visualization. And so you're tapping into a lot of different practices in one. And for me, I often left those classes feeling so clear and centered at peace and with a sense of lightness and joy without really ever understanding what happened, what shifted, why do I feel so good? And so I really recommend if you've never tried Kundalini, it can be hard to find a local class, but there are resources online and I will try to point you to some of those. As we're going to get into some of these others, you're going to see that a lot of things can be an awareness practice. It's not just the standard fare. And so 
some of these are going to get progressively more creative as we go. But the next one I would say is some combination or some variation of walking, running, hiking, where you are outside, even better if you can be in nature, but that's not always completely accessible, but you're moving. And so again, some of that restlessness or stiffness or fatigue that can set in with just a seated meditation is relieved by the fact that you are in movement. And I find that I'm able to think very clearly as my breath increases and as I'm getting fresh air out in the world. One of the challenges to this today is that often when we're out walking, running, hiking, we want to be listening to something. So, so often we want to go for a walk and listen to a podcast or listen to a class or even music. It can be really valuable to be out and let your mind wander. There has been so much research in recent years into what's referred to as the default mode network in our brain. And this is an area that switches on when we allow our mind to wander. And if we are just always feeding more information, more stimulation into our brain, it never gets to switch into this default mode network. And this is where creative connections are made. Our mind is able to clear. We're able to hear our own voice, our own thoughts, our own interests. And so it's really important to give your brain the opportunity to switch into this mode, ideally multiple times a day. Again, if you have a tendency to veer toward worry or rumination, and so going on a walk just doesn't feel enjoyable to you because of that looping in your mind, it can be helpful to go with a question in mind. So if there is a problem that you're trying to work through or a challenge that you're facing, or maybe a creative project where you are trying to figure out how to communicate something or how to put the pieces of some kind of puzzle together. It can be really helpful to set that question in your mind when you go for a walk and then let your mind wander towards some possible solutions. I know for runners, there is a running, haha, no pun intended, joke that the ideas that you come up with when you're running are, they can seem so brilliant. And it's like you can't get back to the house or your notebook fast enough to write them down. I know in the years when I was doing a lot of running, I would have the best ideas. And again, it's tapping into more oxygen, more fresh air, access to nature that puts us into a different state where we're able to access a broader perspective. I mentioned on one of the early episodes of this podcast that a favorite awareness practice for me years ago was going to see movies by myself. The way that I could watch a hero or a heroine's story unfold in a movie and relate to the very human themes and struggles and challenges that they were going through and connect them to whatever was going on for me in my own life was such a deep awareness practice, especially 
especially going to see movies alone. And reading also has a very similar effect, especially reading memoir. So during that same time when I was seeing a lot of movies, I was also reading a lot of memoirs. I even took a creative nonfiction writing class at UCLA when I lived in LA and got me just even deeper into the craft of memoir and the way that those stories can spark insight about, you know, you can read someone else's story that is so completely different, someone else that had a completely different upbringing, childhood experiences, and yet the deeper they go into their specifics, the more universal the themes are and you start to see yourself in all kinds of different characters and writers and people. Another practice that I've mentioned before is therapy and also coaching. When we sit with someone else where that person's kind attention is resting on us and we have the ability to tap into what's really going on for us on many levels, emotionally, mentally, energetically. And sometimes I'm sure you've had this experience when someone asks you questions, the answers that come out might surprise you or the way that you describe what you're going through, what your challenges are then the other person hears things that you didn't and they're able to reflect things back to you that really brings out insight, helps you see things in a fresh way. It's always, in my experience, such a relief, such a comfort, so enlivening and makes so much more seem possible. I, again, will do a whole episode, many episodes probably at some point about the power of therapy and also of deep coaching. And I just want to put it here as one more awareness practice. The next one is kind of a funny one, and I'm I'm putting it here right after therapy and coaching for a reason because it also involves having another person to work with. But I listed this one as having a wing woman. And the reason I put it like this is because when I was doing a lot of dating, so in my very early 30s, I went through a marathon of dating on the way to meeting my husband. And I was very committed to the process. I knew that I was ready to meet a partner. And at times it was a huge struggle. I went on a lot of first dates. I met a lot of people. I went through a lot of disappointment. And during that time, one of my best friends was an invaluable wing woman to me. And when I would get home from a date, I would always text her and tell her that I was home safe and give her the highlights on how it went. And just knowing that she was waiting to hear that I am home okay and that I'm good, how it went, made such a big difference for me not feeling like I was out there alone. But it went deeper than that. And we would often instant message at work about how a date went. We also had an every other Sunday brunch ritual where we would get together and often chat about what was going on in her life and chat about 
whatever had happened on my most recent date or what was going on with the most recent guy I had gone out with. And it was an awareness practice in that often she would reflect things back to me that I hadn't seen. She would encourage me to see myself in a different way and put myself out there in a different way that I might not have been able to. I can still remember some of the things that she said to me during that time. I remember I went out on a date with this guy. We met in Ocean Park in Santa Monica and we went for a walk down the beach. We ended up walking down to Venice and we stopped at a cafe bar to get a drink and a snack. And I remember as we were sitting in there chatting, he kept looking over my shoulder and my insecurity, my nervousness at that moment was just imagining that there must have been some girl standing behind me who was prettier than I am or cooler or more confident or just that he saw something in her that was distracting him from the conversation he was having with me. That was all I could imagine. And it was really taking away from the conversation that we were having. And also what was taking away from it is that in my mind, I was like trying to think of something to say. And all I could come up with was these bratty ways of saying some way to like get his attention back and to ask like, what are you staring at? And just to be snotty about it. I just could not think of another way out. And I went to brunch with my girlfriend the next morning and I remember telling her this story and her saying very genuinely, oh, I would have just turned around and said, what's going on back there? And this might sound so silly, but that never crossed my mind. Like the simplicity and the honesty and the frankness of, hey, what's going on back there? Gave me this rush of feeling like I could see where I sometimes got in my own way and where I assumed the worst when really I could have just come in a situation with genuine curiosity. And my friend gave me so many other nuggets of wisdom like that during that time, but really taught me the value of having a wing woman when you're going through an experience and how much awareness that can bring if you're willing to, you know, really be vulnerable and really ask them for feedback and be willing to hear their perspective and their opinion. And then another category that I wanted to include on awareness practices is creative hobbies. So I think often things that engage our hands or that keep us busy physically so that our mind is able to travel in a different way, think things through in a different way can be really helpful. And for me over the years, that has been things like sewing, knitting, even baking, working on house projects like DIY or painting, where again, I'm physically engaged in something, but my mind is able to wander and able to think things through in a more creative way. It's almost like doing one creative thing puts my mind in this creative zone to think differently. And then the last one that I have on the list, I put it last because it is my favorite right now, and that is breath work. I have been practicing some kind of pranayama breath work for less than a year for probably about nine months and it is one of my favorite things that I've ever discovered. For me it's so much more powerful than meditation ever was because it feels like it hits on multiple levels in terms of energetic, emotional, mental, spiritual. It allows me to access intuition and it also for me 
feels very pleasurable physically. The type of breath work I practice brings more oxygen into the system and it creates a buzzing sensation in your body so that some people feel a tingling in their hands or in their lips. I often feel a buzzing in my core, my trunk, my chest. It's a very enlivening sense of well-being. I'll link to some resources for that in the show notes so that you can try it. I think it's something that at some point in the future I will probably offer breathwork sessions because I have never found something so powerful. Tapping into my own sense of higher self, intuition, and also just a really reliable access to well-being. So like I said at the beginning, this is not a exhaustive list. And I think you can tell as I talk about these things that it has more to do with the energy, the curiosity, the attitude that you bring to any practice than it does following the particular rules that are laid out by someone outside of you. And I really encourage you to think about what could become an awareness practice for you to try things, to not get bogged down in doing it right or doing it perfectly, and to remember that these practices are here to serve us and our energy and our awareness. We're not here to serve them. We're not here to check them off the list, to be a good person by, you know, getting our meditating done, to follow wellness culture and make sure that we're following all of the wellness fads. This is about tapping into what feels enlivening and healing and what creates possibility in us. And so I encourage you to to try things, to sample things, to make things into an awareness practice that you had never thought of before. And as you do, let me know how it goes. Let me know if there's anything specific here that you want me to talk about further and stay tuned to hear more about journaling in the next episode. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. If you have no idea where to start with figuring out what type of work you might enjoy, I created a free guided meditation to help you tune your filter so you can start seeing clues and opportunities all around you. I'll put a link in the show notes. Listening to this meditation feels like the opposite of work. I hope you love it.